You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? It's a brand new episode of Off Book presented to you by Broadway Black. We're here to hit our market. We're going to do it right now. I am Drew Shade. I'm Ramaj. I'm Kim. And I'm York Walker. And we in the building today. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Underneath the sound effects, there's a really light, yay. Oh my gosh, we're here. Monday. Uh, Kim, tell us about your week or your night. Oh, well, I was out on the town. Uh, my baby father had the baby, and I decided that I was going to live life like I was young, white, and 21. <laughs> oh, my God, wait. Wait a second. Hold on. If you don't know Kim Maxim, Kim Maxim is here joining us today. She is the star of the Book of Mormon on Broadway. Woo. Okay. Yeah, star. You are the star. I guess I am. You're in the Tony Award winning role. The only role that won a Tony. You're right. Okay, <laughs> so I'm you're, the star. you're the star. Yeah. Uh, Book of Mormon on Broadway. I am. And she, she's been here before for, with us. And if you don't know, she's a mother. I am a mother. She's a Broadway mom. I am a Broadway mother. And, and so we called you up a little bit. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your oh, night and what you've been doing. And like, you were out having a good time last night. I was out having a good time. Went to Britton Smith's concert. Britton and the Sting. If you haven't been, it's Amazing. Yeah. Like, it was, I, uh, wow, mind-blowing. Um, and then um, I hit the town with Jason VC and Jared Joseph, if you know them. Um, and then I got a little drunk. And then I got an <laughs> IV drip. <laughs> today. Today. Because I cannot handle being hungover in any capacity anymore. So I had to infuse myself with vitamins and electrolytes and painkillers so that I could function today. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm a mom. I'm an actress. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and um, that's really I guess that's me. A drunken <laughs> social media posting actress. <laughs> mom. Yep, that's me. That's what's up. <laughs> well, we thank you for coming and joining us. Of course. Of so course. besides performing eight shows a week, what else do you do? Um, mother, um, <laughs> drink coffee usually in water, man, not alcohol. Um, I, <laughs> I really don't be doing that much. I mean, it's a lot. Eight shows a week is a lot, but I audition sometimes help organize little events and stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. Dang. <laughs> what? Why you feel like dang? Cause you're like, well, what else do you? And I'm like, I don't think. I really do anything else. You perform eight times a week. I know, but people be like, yes, yeah, so I'm doing this and I'm also doing 50 <laughs> concerts at 54 Below and then I'm also shooting a pilot in between scenes and it's just like... Mothering is a full-time job on its own. It, 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 really it is. is a lot. Oh, I started going to the gym again. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Amen. yesterday was leg day, so my legs feel insane. They mm. feel fucking crazy. But yeah, I'm trying to like just do wellness, like therapy, um... 
my stomach is growling. Therapy. <laughs> um, going to the gym. That's what that noise was. I didn't know. Yes, that was like <laughs> going was to the gym. Creaking. Being just trying to be a more effective member of society and just a more effective person for myself. So like working through traumas and making myself a priority. You have so. to. That is number one. So yeah. I was literally just telling uh, everyone here because we were talking about scheduling um, something. And, and I'm like, I don't want to sacrifice my mornings. I I need to have those couple, those first couple hours for myself in order to get my brain to function on the wavelength that I like to function on when I do work. Like there's a certain vibration I have to get to in order to like be effective and productive. And I didn't realize that that's what I needed. But I also noticed that there are things, especially when you start your day, that will take away your vibration if you allow mm-hmm. it to. And so you have to really center yourself. And those mornings are essential for, I mean, at least for me to yeah. start just really honing in on the day. Um, so yeah, just don't want to sacrifice my mornings. I hear yeah. you. What's going on with you, York? Uh, uh, Mr. $20,000 man. <laughs> I've been saying this because York has won a competition and we knew it the last time we was here, but we couldn't talk about it. But now we can. So oh. yes. I like to put the thumb all in it. He won the John Singleton uh, film competition. Is that what it is? Wow. Yes. It's, like, it's official. Now. It's official. You like, won. I, we won. So me and uh, my best friend, Kimmy. So here's how this all went. So over the summer, I did... Uh, 48 hours in Harlem. It's with Harlem Nine. And so basically, yeah. it's a 24 hour Which play they also festival. have a, a Bronx version happening right now. Yes, too. it's happening right now. Oh. Um, and so they basically say, come in, you show up at like seven o'clock and they're like, here are your three actors. You all pick from hats. Here are your three actors. Here's your director. Here's a prop. I had a doll and there's like, uh, Intazaki Shange reference. So I had a little bit of, uh, novel. And then they say, go right, and you have to turn in a brand-new 10-minute play by 5 a.m. So I went back to my survival jobs office and used a uh, free coffee and latte machine, and Mm. I had nothing on the page. Like, I literally was like... My best friend has said, is pig pussy still pork? And I thought that that shit was the funniest thing in the world. And so I was like, I'm putting that in a place. So that was the only thing on the page mm-hmm. until about 4.30. Oh, God. And then I panicked. Oh. And I was like, I just, I have to make something around this. So I was so sleep deprived. I wrote something. The next morning, I woke up and just started bawling. Because I was like, this is going to be terrible. Like, mm-hmm. people are just getting to know me as a writer. Nobody's going to like this. The actors are going to hate it. Mm-hmm. So I sent it out to all of my friends. And I was like, please help me fix this before I have to go in rehearsal. And they were like, this has like two typos in it. But this is actually really good. And I was like, don't lie to me. Because <laughs> um, uh, that's how I'd be like, why are you lying? Truly. You liar. My friends, you have to say that. I was a wreck. <laughs> Please, somebody help me. Amen. Um, so I got into rehearsal and the director was like, this is so good. And the actors were excited and it ended up going really well. So I uh, decided to turn it into a short film. And my best friend, Kimmy, is a writer and director, mm. actor in L.A. And she's incredible. And so she was the first person that I thought of uh, as far as directors. And then this opportunity came for this John Singleton Award to win $20,000 to shoot your short. And she was like, we should apply. So she helped me turn it from a play into a screenplay. Uh And we submitted it and we found out that we won. So I flew out to LA last week, did the red carpet and interviews. And uh, John Singleton's family was there. It was really 
That's dope. Drink That's all their drinks, ate all their food. I knew you were special. So you, so the money. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Something was special about you. <laughs> you sound like my grandmother. I, I knew it. I, I knew exactly what it was, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But I knew that God <laughs> had a plan. Yes. I knew it. Amen. Amen. So I'm. I'm so grateful. So the money. Goes for the fi- to the film or it, goes to you? It goes to the film, child. And, okay, and listen, but you pay yourself because you on the, the payroll, right? But I'm not paying myself because I want that money to go to the film. So, but you are the film. I <laughs> I wrote the film. Me and and Kimmy and the two actors that are going to mm-hmm. be in it that are friends of ours. We're all just putting our money into the film, so none of us are getting paid for it. Okay, so it's a group. A co- okay, yeah, we all just like let's just okay. focus on. I the mean, thing. it's your first one, so I think that that's. Well, that makes sense. How much more money do you got to put in besides the twenty? It's not that much. 20, I mean, it's, it's not, not that much for a life. film. It's not that surprisingly, <laughs> which is like I'm learning all this stuff about film, and I'm like, this twenty thousand dollars seems like a lot, and it's not running it's the not, cameras yeah. and the equipment and, all and that. the sound and all that. And you got to have the money in the account five times over just to rent it. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, you got to have the money in the account. The price for of insurance. The, yeah, for the insurance for collateral. Right. So like you have to have the mm. money stored away just in case something happens, you break it or something like that's $20,000 gone right there. No, they don't take no credit. They don't take it's, credit. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Dang. And I, I, I just well, be standing there no smiling. <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> I mean, but they probably do take credit cards. Okay. Cause I'm like, ah. but what's funny is that all of the, the, like, it's not that much money, but like Facebook, like family members, creeping out of the woodwork hey congratulations it's like I don't like, that I money's don't, not coming to me I don't know you it's not coming to me I haven't but isn't spoken that weird, to you though? since what third grade well what? they saw you with a $20,000 check <laughs> and it had John did you have the big check oh my god I've always wanted to hold a big check how did that feel it felt great you know, <laughs> you just holding the fake check, but it's not real. So like, I still don't have that money. Like, we don't get that money until next week. So, like, it's not even like a thing. It's not in my. My account. mom used to always joke, like, you know, on game shows that they give you the big check. She mm-hmm. was like, and the government's waiting right backstage. <laughs> I just imagine the government standing back there, like, like yeah. If it ain't the government, check. it's your family. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited and so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of uh, John Singleton's brother. legacy. Yeah, uh-huh. that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. You deserve. That's yeah, thank yeah. you so much. If you didn't know, York is really talented, you guys. So thank you. It's like, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Ramaj Hey What's poppin' with you brother? Man Doing a lot right now You wearing two hats You told me today Yes Right now I'm working on This workshop called Bayano Written yes. by At the National Black Theater so. Which I probably should slip in That we're doing a Broadway Black Night On March 13th For this Oh for real? Yes For this particular play Hey come on uh, We'll have more information Pull up. <laughs> We'll have more information And we'll be able to tell you Exactly who will be hosting The night come next week But March 13th Is when we're doing The uh, Broadway Black Night For this workshop So workshop um, At NBT They do a residency Where a playwright Um sits and works on a piece for 18 months and this is the ending of that particular res- mm-hmm. residency I was a part of that residency uh, as an actor last year for Lee Colston's uh, The First Deep Breath yeah. um, and this year is uh, Daryl oh don't give me the lion Holmes Holmes yes um, his play um, and so it's an 18 month residency and so it's like five performances like two weeks of rehearsal five performances mm-hmm. something really really quick but it's essential to see um the growth in work uh-huh. like 
it's essential to to be there and to help black playwrights find uh, their voice. And mm-hmm. that's what essentially what they're asking us to do is to come and be a part of this workshop production and lend our voice and lend our our uh, opinions so mm-hmm. that the playwright can become better, can be better oh. um, and, and really. This is a cultivation incubation period for a playwright. And this is what MBT is sort of, um, done with their residency. And so That's it's great. like, a, That's cool. they want to hear from you. They want to hear feedback about the play. So it's not just come and attend. It's come and be a part. Mm-hmm. Um, come and lend your voice. Come and lend your opinion. So I, I love being a part of stuff like that, which is why I, I agree to do a Broadway Black Night. Cause normally what we do is, uh, for, well, we do this for, um, bigger productions, off Broadway, Broadway productions mm-hmm. too lend ourselves to larger houses but this is MBT is my theater home mm-hmm. um, I've always said that and so I believe in the work that they do and I'm always trying to look for a way to partner or uplift them um, because their, their legacy is so strong so I'm sorry Ramon should take over but <laughs> just wanted to explain to the people what yeah. the, the residency was but go um, ahead so for this workshop I'm doing scenery and costumes you're doing scenery and costumes no, you didn't tell me that scenery and costumes wow. Ciao. on my lonesome very <laughs> ambitious no assistance. Um, but with no assistance, oh god! Yeah, you know I have to figure out everything. You got to figure it out. On, on. Um, but yeah, people have been asking me to checks, do though. this. This is not my first time working with Jeffrey. I worked on his thesis. Oh, um, directing by Jeffrey, Jeffrey Page. Page. Just directing. Oh. Yeah, pulling cords. That's okay. Um, so yeah, I worked with what him was his at thesis? Columbia. He did. Uh, Funny House of a Negro yeah. and um, The Depth of the Last Black Man. Okay, yes, So yes, I yes. did scenery for his thesis. Um, and he wanted me to do both. And I was like, look, that's that's too much. That's insane. Like, but now he and I'm in grad school it. at the time it was happening. Like, we was both graduating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asked me again. And I was like, and then it's at the National Black Day. I was like, nah, I can't say no. I can't say no twice. So I was like, and, and it's an awesome, it's an awesome, ambitious play. It's a beautiful story. So I was like, okay, let me go ahead and, you know, put on my big draws or whatever, big boy okay. draws and <laughs> knock it out. Um, and this is my first time working on a workshop, like, like on a new, like a on a new play. Piece, yeah. Like me, I'm like very like deep into dramaturgy. So I'm like really thinking about the full arc, the whole story. I'm thinking about color. I'm thinking about the language. I'm thinking about so many things when I'm reading uh, a script. And so I treat it like a puzzle. Like I treat it like a puzzle. So many things. Like I'm juggling. Like y'all be laughing at me when I be zoning out. I'm like, I'm solving problems. I'm like, okay. His eyes rolled up in the back of his head. He really just went in like, oh my God. So many things. <laughs> like, I felt it. I felt like okay, okay. So many things. Look, I'm here I for get it. it. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Um, it's a workshop production, but Jeffrey is so ambitious. I'm an ambitious person too. So we're doing our best to like really lend ourselves in. You know, I've been trained to think that. Um, well, to realize and understand that designers are also considered like co-playwrights are co-writers mm-hmm. and so it's our job to look at the story and help them paint the picture and some, like materialize right. mm-hmm. the story um, make the words into um, something that we can see and so that's pretty much part of the process just really understanding what's going on in Daryl's head what's on the script and how can we best serve the story so when he looked at the visuals it's like oh I see I, I didn't see this or this um, this is what I imagined or this is not working or this is working and when he goes back to the writing room he has a better understanding of what the visual, like the design arc could potentially be compared to his first drafts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at. And I'm also doing a dance piece at NYU. They often have um, alum 
come in and do a dance piece. And so I'm balancing those three things. That's a lot. Uh, I mean, that's the design life. You have to like work like two, three jobs at mm. the same time just to, you know, make ends meet. So it's right. a sport. That's how I describe it. The, okay. It's a sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and talking about talking about, you know, the business, like the last episode I was here, um, the the lead actor who's playing Bayano, um, Garrett Turner, he came up to me. He's like, hey, I heard you on the podcast. I'm like, mm-hmm, OK, what's up? What, what, what you trying to say? And so <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I thought it was really inter- interesting that you said that, um, you know, there's a huge difference between costume design and fashion. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's a difference. And. You know, that's been like the misconception about what I do. Like, every, like even talking to my family, they still don't understand what my sport is, what I'm doing. I mean, yeah, because I'll be still thinking fashion and costume design. Same no, world, same. I mean, no, no, yes no. and no, but like, yes and no. Like, I mean, it's so much costume design is. I mean, I'm not a costume designer, mm-hmm. but I love costumes, and I did take a few classes in college. Hey, in re- about so you know how to sew. I do, and I actually was thinking about um, taking a sewing class. To um, because I, I do want to kind of like make my own clothes mm-hmm. and things, but costume. I mean, it just requires an extensive amount of research. It's mm-hmm. a lot more pointed design. Right. Um, it's also, I mean, unless you're doing something that's like a play about you mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. it has to align with like the history. The time period and where they are, the story. yeah, and serving the story, like the color palette, or I don't. It's just such a collaborative process. Yes, yes. It's, it's not so much like me, me. This is what I want. This is what I'm feeling. This is the color. This is the right. costume has to it's work. Not hand always hand about the designer. It's about the story. Hair, lights. <laughs> like if you're a costume designer, you know you you can't put like a bunch of sequins on the stage because I mean it's going to be. It's right. not going to look good. Like, you have right. to know what's right. going to look good behind the lights. And, and if you do that. put sequence, how big the sequence is going to be? Is it going to be an opera? How big is this house? Right, so right. To, you know, it, are we going to be, is it just going to look like aluminum foil or is it going to look like sequence depending on <laughs> what it actors, is? The actors have to be able to move and mm-hmm. you can't put nobody in no wool and them hot ass. Well, I'm sure well, it's happened. Sometimes you have to do that. <laughs> That's the period. But, but, yeah. you, know, you, you have to think about those things. But yeah. it's it's really and I mean it's and then you could tell also when costume design is lazy. You can tell when it's lazy. Same with wigs. You same can with tell all when it's lazy, stuff. and you can tell when it's poorly budgeted as well. Yeah, well, yeah. You, Some people yeah. can take a you know a small budget and like be creative as fuck and like yeah. convince you that oh y'all had a lot of money. Nah, nigga, we had like five dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Period. We went. This is like the Salvation <laughs> Army. I exactly. Feel like it's more apparent in the wigs because a bad wig Ooh, will just Jesus. scream from the just. Listen, yell you at know you. who has some bad wigs. <laughs> 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 and I don't don't fire me for saying this. <laughs> the prom. Did they? Go, did you see the prom? I, I, I missed that Child, one. I lied until wigs, before I went, but I never saw it. The wigs and the prom. The wigs were so bad. I never made it. I was supposed to go, but like they invited me on Tony Sunday one Sunday. And I thought, like, oh, wow. yeah, I could go before the Tonys. But no, mm-hmm. I could not go before I, the I don't, I mean, you know what, whatever. It's theater. I can critique it, even though That's I think right. he's the designer of the wigs in the Book of Mormon, which I actually like the wigs in our show. Mm-hmm. But in the prom, all the black girls, first of all, it looked like they took the wigs from Mean Girls and washed them and then put mm-hmm. them on the... So they have all, a bad crew then. It, it was just, probably pretty that first week and then I, maintenance. I mean, I don't even think it was maintenance. I just didn't mm. like those. All the black <laughs> girls had crimpy ass hair. 
Like mm. every all the girl, all the black girls who were teenagers seemed to have the same hair. Then they had this black news reporter person in a wig, and we were like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> Like when the wig came out on stage, we were like, <gasps> when the wig came out, yes, on stage. the wig arrived and we were like, what in the world what is up with this wig? Bad wig screen. We need, we need it's more black wig designers. I, we surely do. We do. Shout but out also, to Nakia Mathis. Oh, come on. I just. Cookie Jordan. Okay. Mm. Doing the damn thing. What's a uh, uh, Greg Cooper? Is that his name? I don't know this person. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into them. Greg Cooper. What he they does, did. Um. Child, don't give me the line. He does wigs and uh, haircuts. Um, I know he's worked on a couple of people from Mean Girls. I know he's worked on Ain't okay. Too Proud. Mm. Um, I okay. think that's his name. His name is Greg, I think. I mean, I will say, I also didn't like the wigs and Mean Girls either. The problem in Mean Girls had, it was the black girl wigs. They're just big and crimpy. I'm like, Who, mm. why they got so much damn hair? Mm. Not to say that black girls can't <laughs> have that much hair, but every black woman on the stage got 50 bundles of hair in right. her head. Hey, Erica Badu. Not 50 bundles. But... <laughs> I mean, I don't even think like I definitely think, of course, there needs to be more black wig designers, more people of color um, in that industry. But mm-hmm. it's not that hard to just do your job. Like just if you're a wig designer and you design wigs, then that means you could design wigs for everybody. You have a knowledge of hair. Mm-hmm, right. You have a knowledge of history. You have a knowledge of what that is. Like if you're a costume designer, you're not like, I just do skirts. Like, no, <laughs> you don't just it do sounds skirts. like fashion. <laughs> no, I just do skirts. Like, no, you do everything because you're a costume mm-hmm. designer. Yeah. So if you are a wig designer, then design the wig. Yeah. Period. And yeah. I should be able to see the difference. You can have your personal signature on it. Just like, oh my God, that's a Tony Leslie James original. I love that costume. Right. Shout out to uh, Tony Leslie James. Yes. Um, she was one of my professors in college. Oh, really? Actually. Yeah. Um, but I shouldn't be like, those are the same damn wigs from that show. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, there was a, why the, am I, do, am I the only person who sees this? And then it was confirmed that I was not the only person. Who sees, Let me stop talking shit about the people who, before they be like, all right, um, your time is up. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to move on to, <laughs> the, hot, to the hot topics. It's time for hot topics. Um, that five, was five, five. You said what? Five, five, five. That's the time. Oh, okay. It's good luck. I mean, angels are speaking to you, so you have to acknowledge and you got to accept them. Oh, five, 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 I've never heard that. I was like, this sounds like something from a horror movie. I was like, what happens if I five? Five, five, five. Like, just. So, five, five, five. Like, what? Like, and we all got scared of We did. We were like, what? We all have a dark spirit, but not like that. Okay. Oh God, that was okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, it's still 5.55. This has been a long minute. Come on, angels. You're on the um, right path. But let's just get right into it. Uh, there's a little bit of thing, you know, a little bit of stuff happened, like not too crazy over the past week, but mm-hmm. um, let's just mention uh, Nick Walker and... Yes. Oh, I can't even breathe, y'all. <laughs> My my sinuses are just like acting up like a like a mug. Um, Nick like Walker and mug. Nick Walker and Matt Manuel to join ain't too proud. So Eric Baskin nice. and uh, Ephraim Sykes will be leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, they will take their final bows. Actually, uh, February twenty sixth. So on Wednesday. Oh, nice. um, okay. Yeah, love Nick. They will take their final bows. Dang, that's crazy. Um, and Nick Walker and Matt Manuel will head to the cast on February twenty eighth. Um, 
if you know, you may know, you may know Nick Walker from Hamilton, Motown the Musical, and Peter the Starcatcher. Wait, let me see his picture. That's, oh wait, this is Nick over here. Nick Walker. So did he? He just left Hamilton, <laughs> and did. Nick Alexander replaced him. Oh, did he replace him? Well, Nick Alexander is. Uh, wait, who is this? He was in Hamilton. Oh, I don't he was. know. He I'm was just, on, but he, he also was on did tour. Motown, Barry Gordy. Oh, I don't know. He like always the backup to like Brandon Victor Dixon. Oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Is that bad to say? Who cares? I mean, but like, you know how like Joshua Henry and Brandon Victor Dixon always like take each other's roles? He like yeah. in that mm-hmm. number too. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you said what? I'm in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they'll be re- replacing those two. They'll join James Harkness and Joan Jackson and J- uh, Jelani Remy. Um, at Ain't Too Proud. So go on over and check them out once yeah. they join the cast. Congratulations okay. to those two gentlemen. Um, and I looked oh, up. Oh, which um, one is um is David Ruffin? <laughs> uh, Ruffin is going to be. I want to say the one that's not light skin. Jelani. No, Jelani is Eddie Kendricks. Oh. Um, let me see if I'm reading this right. Man, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Matt Manuel. Matt Manuel will be Dave, David Ruffin. Yeah. And he can sing, too. Like, they, I, I saw some video ooh, of him singing. He is cute. Mm-hmm. He can sing. No, he's fine. Yeah. He's fucking fine. Um, yeah, he is. He's cute. It's a correction. Okay, okay. Okay. It's 558 now. You're trying to turn up. <laughs> Those angels didn't come on time. <laughs> okay, I mean, he's cute. You know what I mean? Like, he's cute. He ain't no Terrell, but you know. Okay. <laughs> he ain't no Terrell Alvin McCraney, but Terrell you know. cute though. He cute. Mm. He fine. What you mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> Gotta get it straight. Um, but yeah, so congratulations to those men. Go on okay. over to Ain't Too Proud and check them out. Um, what else happened this week? Uh, West Side Story opened on Broadway. Mm-hmm. They had the best looking cast I've ever. Like, okay, so this has always been my trouble. We gonna talk about. Fashion now. I mean, I know okay. you're a costume go designer, ahead, go ahead. but we're gonna talk about the fashion. I love fashion. Theater is notorious for horrid. They can't dress on. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's <laughs> so bad. They can't dress. It is so bad. It is like flames, <laughs> flames <laughs> on the side of my head, like hot flames, hot flaming, hot. 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 <laughs> like, well, why do you think that? Why, why is why is well, they that? young? They don't have no money. No, 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 no. It has nothing <laughs> to do with money. Okay, listen. Some people just actually a lot. A lot of people in theater, a lot of actors in general, just dress terribly. They, they dress, dress like mm-hmm. for the stage, like they're costumers. I don't, I don't even think it's that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Nah, I don't know about that. They just can't dress. Is it that? Y'all need to. Just, they soulful. They just don't know. They Dressing don't have an comfort. eye. I don't. No, no, it doesn't no, because uh, they be because having they heels be com- on they don't even be and jeans, and the, <laughs> like, and the clothes be fitting bad. And that's another and thing too. Like uh-uh. a lot of, the, like a lot of, bad. a lot of these shows require certain type of hair prep or like certain haircuts. Right. Or, Look at my, this is you see my hair yes, right now. And I, yes. It's a wig prep. It is a wig prep. My, I styled my wig prep. There right. ain't and no. You put a little, ex- some I put some things in it. It looked it. really cute last night, but you know, <laughs> I, you, you know the story. I got an IV. What did you just call it? I don't know. I'm the gonna... little braid thing that you what put. What did I say? I think I said. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Anyway. I think I said excrement. Excrement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A little excrement. 
I was trying to say extra, extra ornaments. Extra ornaments. Something completely Some ornaments. different. <laughs> right? Some ornaments. I, I was trying to say extra ornaments. I, mean, I, I do extra. have a quirky, I have an <laughs> eclectic quirky sense of style. Mm-hmm. And I oh, always God. have. And so I don't expect people to look like me because to mm-hmm. me, sometimes people can be like, that girl looks crazy. But I usually know it's fashion, honey. You don't understand. Ah, and it looks so, good on you. Thank you. I'm just like, you don't get it. But it's cool mm-hmm. because you look terrible. So it's but, lack, um, so actors lack choices. No, they don't. They lack the mo- the brain for design. Yeah, and also they don't have that. There's lo- part. A lot of times, there's not a lot of time too. Like when you're in rehearsal, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like I mean, it doesn't matter, but like it does in a way. It doesn't awake him because I mean, I'm, I'm because after watching this happen for many years over and over again, I feel as though people get into the mode of doing their show mm-hmm. and. They're in the mode of rehearsing during the day and then doing the show at night, especially if they're in like previews and getting ready for like this is lead up to opening. Mm-hmm. So like and then people will venture out and maybe go find a dress, but then they don't find the right makeup choice or they don't find mm-hmm. the right wig to go along with it because their hair has to be in hair prep. So they get the wrong type of wig and like and that's why you get a stylist yeah, to figure out. Well, see, but then you. even though even still, some of these stylists don't understand the the get ready process of the night when you after you've done a show yeah. so they're not always there to like sort of guide them along they tell mm-hmm. them well this is what you're going to wear this is what you should look like and there's not much but time there's it's not much not time from much after time. the show into the red carpet mm-hmm. and so like but, but if you don't plan properly and that's where I think like? that it, it comes that's where I think it comes in at is that um, people don't plan properly they don't have the right equipment they're also using the, the lighting from in the dressing room which they think is the stage lighting and that's not the same mm-hmm. so if you do your makeup with the stage lighting mm-hmm. at the theater before you go to opening night then you're going to look a mess on the red carpet because those <laughs> lights are not the same they're not the same but I will say in you're gonna the fifth you're gonna look caked you, you're gonna look caked you you're gonna look, look pow- caked yeah powder but at least on. you won't be shiny like a real housewife I'm like why do y'all keep wearing that damn shiny ass makeup on camera do not public service announcement do not Come wear on, shiny makeup on stage it doesn't look good yeah. do not wear shiny makeup on camera it doesn't look good Matt is your friend mm. I know we're super into highlighter and glitter I know that we love a highlight on the nose even though highlight on the tip of your nose does not look good yeah. it looks stupid in the streets <laughs> but on stage it looks real dumb so do not put shiny ass glossy highlighter on your face on the stage or on a red carpet or anywhere you're going to be taking a picture you, you just saved a life I mean it just pisses me it pisses me <laughs> off because people be like they be like and I'm like you look shiny you look shiny Is that the goal? you look like you've been sweating yeah, like you look yeah, like you're uh, glistening like the sun, wait, and I know, don't appreciate it. Why people it. do that dewy thing? Maybe oh, that's what they're I going love for. a dewy makeup, but okay. dewy is not shiny. Okay, and dewy, dewy just doesn't work at the theater. No, it don't it just work. You work. look sweaty and nasty like, okay. from the stage. Yeah, and I think that people think that they they're going to get this <laughs> sort of effect. Like, I'm sorry, these red carpet photographers are not here to make you look pretty. No, they're just you getting have to the do, picture. Yeah, they're just getting the picture. You have mm-hmm. to do that all your own. So mm-hmm. y'all wonder why you get these pictures back, and y'all look. Terrible. Crazy, like, Maybe like you have so many layers on, like, <laughs> like I don't know what this new thing is with layers and and opening nights, like so many layers, so many like, <laughs> no, seriously, like, like I mean, so so many layers, like what happened to this the traditional suit, like or just like. 
get a dress that flatters you. That flatters you. You don't need to. This is, I think this is like this generation because we have Instagram (laughs) and everybody thinks that they're a fucking fashionista. That they have to be bold. Stay in your lane. If you're not a bold dresser, cool. Don't try it for opening night. Don't try it ever. Yeah, that's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that if you're bold and you're different and you're unique and you're creative, then be that. Sure. Of course, show that. Yeah. But if that's not you, just get go simple and good fit. If yeah. it's simple and a good fit in a practical, nice shoe, you're winning. Yeah. I don't need to be like, oh my God, she's fierce. Like, no, you don't need yeah. to try to be Cynthia. You Arrigo. wear it. You right. wear it. Don't let it wear you. You just wear it and, and yes, wear it well. She has, she has the funding for stylists. So, you know, those aren't, it's, you know, are distinctly her. You know, her she, choices. Ain't pulled, she ain't pulled that from Zara. No, no but that's, I that's could, somebody with 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 means. She do. has means, and I don't know what her style was like before. Like I don't know what her personal style was like before she got famous because I never, I don't know. See, I haven't seen any pictures of her. It's it's her personal style was how you see her. Um, like when she's at an event that she's just relaxing, she's here to support friends. Jeans, uh, you know, leather jacket, a cute, you know, graphic tee. Okay, so just you know, like casual. But she always cute. has nails, always has like a diamond studded glasses, like you know, something like. Is that how she was before fame? Yes. Okay. Like so, this she always wore like always had a nail, and I was wondering like how she was able to like have her nails and then like do color purple because she would have to take them off and take them on, like put them on. Within like a day's time. Oh, basically. So the girls, I mean, I have my nails are nude, but um, and they had a little little gold on them, Mm -hmm. but they're not super long. I know she like used to wear. I know when she was doing silly. I don't know if they were press ons or she was just I know that she wasn't getting like a full set. She wasn't getting a full set. I mean, her nails, her fingers were were, they were done, though. Like her nails were always done. You the trick is you put um, I don't do it because I don't have the time. So I just get nude colors or natural mm-hmm. colors but you you can just paint um a nude color over top of like your gel color mm. that's what the girls at work do oh. so like if their nails would be like all crystals and all this other shit but because it's gel color they can put regular polish over top and take it off with um remover that doesn't have acetone mm-hmm. in it Look at God. and so that's how they can kind of keep their identity into wow. the show. Listen, I That's feel like I'm learning so yeah. much today. Yeah. I don't mean, of course you don't want to have like... Nails, don't do shine. But put the nude over the <laughs> But nails. anyway, I guess my whole point was that you know, Westside Story showed up to opening night and they, they were dressed. They looked great. They looked phenomenal. They looked like, great. Like, it was a couple of interesting choices in there that I'm just like, well, at least you went the mile. Like, yeah. at least you went mm-hmm. full gusto, committed to the vision, and you did it. Like... But like, man, that was, I think that's the best dressed opening I've seen. They looked good um, in a long time. I did enjoy the guys that ain't too proud. Um, oh yeah, they at their opening. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they slayed. I, yeah, I yeah. enjoyed their looks. But I mean, I will. A theater is getting so much more fashiony, which I think but is also, cool. But the, ain't too proud had more access too. Oh the, yeah, they so did they have some, a lot of access. Somehow there's like. Um, there's an end with some type of fashion person or head of fashion or something that is happening in the theater community with, it started with Anna Wintour starting to, um, to dress the Tony nominees. Yeah. And then there has now trickled down connections in the fashion world for theater people, which now you see a lot of theater people wearing Tom Brown or, you know, there's certain, a certain number of theater people that are, that are being, 
uh, pushed into the fashion realm in a way. They're getting yeah. more features when it comes to Vogue, when it comes to yeah. variety. Adrian Warren, um, I think, had a yeah, thing Adrienne in Adrian Warren is, yeah. She, I think she dresses, like, okay, she's a great example. She, she's, she always looks good. She looks mm-hmm. good all the time, and it's not... Even with her, her wig prep. Even with her wig prep, but mm-hmm. she's, and she's not a person who's like fashion icon like it's not giving you bold choices but it's giving you choices that are right for her yeah mm-hmm. good f- well-fitted clothes yeah like nice if, if she's wearing a black dress it's not just a, like a black dress it's got like something else happening with the fabric or the beading right. or whatever but it's simple and it works yeah. and it's not i mean she just it, she went that's how she wins every time mm-hmm. because she's not giving you the fucking most if that's not her, Keep it simple. that's yep. not. I mean, Cynthia Revo is the most, but she's the most. Be- I mean, I love her style. Yeah, I yeah. think it's very close to like what I would love to wear mm-hmm. on a red carpet. But yeah, she's giving you the most because that's her personality, that's her right. style, that's if her swag. Mm-hmm. But if you're not the most, then yeah, it's just gonna look off. It's gonna look weird. You are gonna look crazy. Yeah, people gonna be like, "What you? I, you?" Oh. And you shiny? <laughs> Y'all gotta, I, I don't know, just be, I don't know, yeah, sometimes, even at auditions, I'd be like, what the hell do y'all have on? Like, why are y'all wearing this shit? Yeah. And why yeah. are you shopping? I Do we shop at the same places? Because I, I, you got an urban outfit this bag, and I got an urban outfit this bag. But there's a discrepancy. <laughs> Like, within the bag I'm sorry y'all I'm just dragging <laughs> the, the theater the fashion people are like that bitch can't even dress this so there's this new musical <laughs> over at um, over in London called Everybody's Talking About Jamie oh. have you heard about this yes no. um, Jamie New an aspiring drag queen uh, in the hit British musical um, is the name of the character mm-hmm. and this current role is tapped is played by uh, a guy named Noah Thomas, who I've been sort of following. And like, it's just very interesting. He's still in college. Um, he's like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Bianca Del Rio is playing his drag mother on stage. Um, so I just think this show is interesting. Get into it. Uh, this young man who actually seems like he's having the time of his life, uh, is a young black man, Noah Thomas. I just thought it was really interesting. I don't know anything much about it. I want to look more into it, but there's this like surgence of um, black drag queen. I want to see more trans stories on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shame. Um, this drag queen sort of trope. I don't, I'm not really feeling, and I shouldn't call it a trope, but it, like it feels like a gag. Like it feels like a because yeah. it's like really it's pop culture now. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's just like. I mean, but the media, I mean, the world just. But I'm glad it's here. You know what I mean? But like. They tend to oversaturate once something hits. Right. They're like, we got to jump on this train before it drives out of the Mm -hmm. station. Like, let's get a drag queen in (laughs) there. Right. (laughs) Um, London also has a Bob Marley musical going up called Get Up, Stand Up. uh, Will Pierce was in 2021. Is this the same one that was happening at um, Marley? Baltimore City? No, it can't be. That was Marley. Yeah. It was called Marley the Musical. Yeah, yeah, it I can think. be. This is something completely different. It has to be. I heard oh, there was um, sand. I heard that they at Marley in Baltimore, they had sand on the floor uh, or something like that. I don't know about that. Is it? Was it sand? Was it Marley? <laughs> no, maybe I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, I don't know, because I went not saw Marley. You saw it? Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't remember no sand. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. No, don't some know. musical... Maybe I'm thinking of Once on His Island or something. I don't know. Um, uh, speaking of musicals you can't really put your finger on, Corbin Blue will star in Catch Me If You Can in Washington, D.C. Okay. 
Like, all right. I literally still have no idea what that musical is like. I know what it's about, but I ha- cannot recall. There's a movie. It's basically There's a movie, yes. With Leo and uh, Tom But, Hanks. like, have you seen yeah. or heard any music from mm-hmm. the musical? Like, you can't really put your finger on no. what no. this musical but is. But people be doing it, though. They do be doing it. Yeah. But people you still cannot name a song. No, I have no idea. I don't know who wrote it. Couldn't give you <laughs> nothing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was it, that, it was created uh, by Terrence McNally. Okay. Was Aaron Tevet? Uh, Mark Shaman, Mark Shaman, and Scott Whitman. And it was nominated for four Tony Awards in 2011. 2011? Mm -hmm. Dang, I was here. I was watching the Tonys, and I, (laughs) (laughs) it's like I blanked out probably on that part. Like, catch me. So that's uh, happening in Washington Washington, D.C.'s arena stage. Also, I've been hearing a lot of great things about uh, the Amen Corner. Um, oh, I saw some pictures from that today. Theater, DC. It looks great. Um, it looks phenomenal. Directed by Whitney White. Shout out to uh, Andy Jean, who's the costume designer hey, over there. Hey, um, Queen Jean. Yeah, it's like it's it's it seems like it's popping. I might have to go up there if I can make it up there. I don't probably I can't. I probably. Can't. I was like, what? I don't even know why I even. <laughs> <laughs> why you? Why you? Why you? You sort of judged me just then. I mean, because. It was just like he about to add something else on his plate. <laughs> the plate about this high, and he about to add a couple of shows on top of it. You don't have time, <laughs> y'all. Like I really, <laughs> and that's all right. Y'all laughing, but like I really, I really try. I want to be everywhere. I want to be everywhere, everywhere. and I want to be. I want to be at it all. Yeah. And then if I don't, people look at me crazy like, why and are you so not pure. here? And you'd be like, you know, I might just go see that. And it's like, <laughs> when? When? <laughs> I might just go down there, hop on the Amtrak and watch a couple shows and then hop back on the train and have a photo shoot and then fly out. And it's just like, Drew, you, but it's so pure. Like, you know, I really want to see that show. I do want to <laughs> see it. Well, you can't see it. Um. <laughs> Which is like how I'm about to, I do, I'm doing this now, and then I have to go do dance class at Ailey. Then I'm going to opening up Natalie Portman. Wow. Oh, all the Natalie Portmans. All the Natalie Portmans, yes, tonight. Oh, okay. Tonight. I, really um, I didn't that. know that was over. I just ran into Josh yesterday. We went to college. Josh Boone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went Josh to college Boone, together. Who does not have social media. And you know what? I have to, I have to. He's never I have to retract it. what I said about Josh. Like, we talked about Joshua Boone, uh, maybe like. A year or so ago. Really? About him not having social media oh, and how yeah. he's missing out. Like, and this mm-hmm. is the most booked guy ever. Cause I've sort of just followed, like, after. Yeah, he we sort stays of, booked. Yeah, he stays booked. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I have to retract what I said because I said, um, he's missing out on gigs. People can't remember when they last seen you if you're not on social media. Mm-hmm. People don't know. And I sort of have gotten off social media since September too, but I'm yeah. not missing a damn thing. And no. So I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it, Joshua Boone. Like, yeah. you know, he's just never in, in a certain season of time, if it works for you, it works for you. And Even I don't think he, yeah, he's never. In college, I think he might've had it. a Facebook at one point. And then, I mean, yeah, he just never been into it. He, he did have an Instagram for like a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I think somebody just like made it for him. And I think he was just trying it out. And it's just like, nah. it was just like, it just don't go really with, corny for it don't you. Go it doesn't his, go yeah. for mm-hmm. But it yeah, go he, with stay, his he stay booked. Probably real he and he does stay booked. So Joshua I mean, Boone is in this show too. And he's been in like two Broadway shows since the last time we talked about. Yeah, he did. Ho- well, he did Holla and he did Network. And then he's doing... All the Natalie Portmans now. What else? Oh, he did a show off Broadway. I went and saw that when I was pregnant. I can't remember what it was called. I just think he had on. I remember he had a blue shirt on. (laughs) 
<laughs> what? I don't what? remember what it was called. It was him and this white girl. <laughs> it was just two people in the play. It was oh, it was yeah, like talking about they were college. They was in college, yeah. and then she accused him of something. Yes, mm. exactly. Mm-hmm. That yeah. act is it called? I think maybe actually or something like that. Yep. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, he just ain't never had it, which I I commend. I think it works for him. I think it works for him too. Mm-hmm. It works for him, and he's. I'm, got, I'm trying to make it work for me. Shit. I mean, for some people, like I love social media. It's fun. York, why are you always laughing at me? <laughs> I'm trying to make it work. For Listen, me. I'm easily entertained. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you laughing with me or at me. I'm now. laughing with you. Okay. I'm laughing with you. All right. Well, I guess it's as good a time as any to announce to the people that I'm going to be gone for six weeks. Mm-hmm. He going to jail, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't joke like that. Keep him prayed up. Keep prayed up. Keep prayed up. Because in, in my uh, in my former life, that could have been a real possibility. Mm. So, but Damn. no, I'm not going to jail. <laughs> and also, after you know what, just I thank y'all. I thank this audience and I thank this platform for um, just being patient with me. Um, this, you know, as you guys know, I said, I joke all the time about this being my show, but this takes a labor of love. And sometimes I come into this space and come even coming into this new, new space. I find myself dropping into an old pattern of me that is not who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And I even just listening back to last week's show and the week before where I, I can sort of see myself falling into old patterns. And so I thank you all for giving me grace, uh, for, for continuously tuning in each week um, I'm going to be sad to leave for six weeks I'm going to be on edge I'm already stressed about it because I mean I'm, you going to jail so it's very stressful <laughs> <laughs> I'm already stressed about it because I, I, I'm always always been a hands on person and so not being here to have my hands on it um, is going to be difficult but I'm leaving you all in great care um, I guess we should just go ahead and, and say it all um, I'm leaving to go to do a production of Dream Girls in Virginia yeah I'll be playing Curtis Taylor Jr. That's right. Um, and this is going to be a great treat for me to be able to just get away and create, um, get out of the city and just, uh, you know, nurture myself and feed mm. myself. And so I'm leaving you guys in the hands of our six new co-host for Off Book Podcast. Um, you've been introduced to them over the past couple of weeks. We got Ramaj. We got Kim here. We got York. We got Ian, uh, Ari and Eddie. And so because of this labor of love is so big and it's so um, much, we need more people to be able to handle it. It was a lot for me, Danye and Amber to take on. I mean, we did it with grace as much as we possibly could. Um, and so we now we want to venture off and do other things, but we also want to make sure that we honor this space and keep it, keep it alive. And so I'm more than happy. I'll still be here when I'm in town uh, to do this show, but I'll be gone for six weeks, but I'll be here after that um, until I book another gig. So, But I'm more than happy to leave it in the hands of these particular six people that I chose specifically for their disciplines, for uh, their tenacity, for their uh, um, their energy, their um, just all around good people, I think, that are making uh, moves in this industry that are um, have powerful voices, have powerful opinions that need to be heard, um, that people can relate to. And so I, I am more than thrilled to leave leave you guys in the hands of these six people that will alternate uh, throughout the weeks. And so give it up for them. Give it up for y'all. Yay! Oh my God! Like, thank you. <laughs> These were very, very kind <laughs> words. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it was know. nice. Tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, mean, I, I, I really word. truly believe that, um, that if we were, if, if, if me, Danya, and Amber weren't able to do this show, um, I needed people that could be just as good. Um, 
I wouldn't settle for anything less. So I think you all are just as good when it comes to uh, the dynamic of this show, when it comes to building chemistry, when it comes to building a family mm-hmm. uh, on this particular um, show. It's it's takes a certain type of person. It takes a certain type of energy. Um, and I think you all house that and possess that. And I'm so uh, excited to see how those energies come together and combust and make a brand new firework, make a brand new uh, type of show, a new off book. Um, mm-hmm. So you, like you've seen things change with Broadway Black over the past uh, month or so. Off book is the same thing. We're changing. We're growing. We're uh, moving in a different direction. And I'm excited about it, like thoroughly excited about it because hey. um, I sort of get my life back in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still able to do this, but I'm also able to create um, and just know I'll be listening. Mm. I'll be listening each each week and I'll be having notes. I'll have notes. <laughs> um, so don't be but, acting up on the mic. Listen, I'm, look, I'm scared. <laughs> Ian, <laughs> listen, to Ian, Ian, uh, <laughs> be acting up. Ari, I'm a little scared of too. Look, you know, Kim, Kim. I'm a professional. You are a professional, but you get here by yourself. Uh, I'll leave you by yourself. I do. I'm scared a little bit. I'm going to be like dragging everybody for highlighter <laughs> for the next six I'm a weeks. little scared. Well, I guess Kim. that was a good hot topic, huh? Then we switching over to, to new hosts. Six new hosts. Yeah. yeah. Six new hosts on off book. I'm excited, y'all. Let's go. How y'all feel? I'm excited. Well, so- why? Is that? Would you get shocked? I, oh my god! I hate the sound of that. And I, just made it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like about to talk, lips. and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but how do y'all feel? How do y'all feel about going on this this sort of off book journey? Like when I approached you all about doing this, was this something that you were like? I don't know. Or what was the... Oh, I was like, hell yeah. I was so excited. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was scared that y'all wasn't going to want to do it. Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I only asked the people that I really wanted to do it. And if like they, if somebody said that they didn't want to do it, I was going to be devastated. Not mm. true. Devastated? <laughs> yes. Because like, <laughs> you have like a certain picture in your mind of like what you want to happen. And, like, yeah. and when it doesn't happen that way, it's like sort of devastating I feel like, you on that I was only worried about the scheduling because I was like I know that they record on, sun- on Sunday nights and I was like I can't do that mm-hmm. so um, but after that was taken care of my thing goes I, I was like when I'm going to be a guest <laughs> you just want to be a guest <laughs> I just wanted to be a guest I got I got an email I'm like hey <laughs> a host <laughs> I get to speak <laughs> All the time. That was my thoughts. I love it. I love y'all, man. I really appreciate y'all stepping up. And mm-hmm. we, I, I think y'all have just interesting voices and um, do solid work in the theater community. If y'all didn't do solid work, I would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Absolutely no. not. Yeah. So y'all just got it. So I'm thankful for y'all. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think that's... Do we have more hot topics? I mean, we got more hot topics, but do we really want like more hot topics? I mean... Um, what else? Is- <laughs> <laughs> that Monday drag. What's like, going on in the world? I mean, nothing like... Nothing Nothing like... Deep. I mean... I, I mean, did want to say, oh, uh, with the West Side Story thing, not talking mm-hmm. about their fashion, mm-hmm. but I've oh, heard... Oh. Um, I, the, yeah, there's a... a it's a lot. It's a lot. They, but yeah. they still have like protesters. They still do. But I So if you don't um, know one of the people in the show uh sexually assaulted some people at the American Ballet or something like that mm-hmm. and like it's all on text messages, pictures, like he yeah. did some fucked up shit. And like they put him in this West Side Story show and the producers doubled down and said that, you know, basically they wasn't kicking him out the show. Right. And so they've had mm-hmm. uh they've had 
like protesters outside each each night and there's also anonymous cast member that mm-hmm. has spoken up and said that they don't feel safe with him in the show so this like nobody's really paying attention to West Side Story because of this or like nobody really wants to touch it it's like I mean people the have seen it and people are like it's so good yeah they it have is. seen it is you see it you saw it I, I yeah. worked on it for a week yeah. I was okay. a shopper <laughs> okay but yeah I, I went there when they did their first preview it's beautiful mm-hmm. I mean okay. the acting they, is okay but it's they say the like take on it is the imagery is yeah. good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what was this that you were saying, York? That somebody, uh, somebody Puerto Rican. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, this writer f- uh, for the New York Times. Let me open it up. What oh, yeah. is her name? Uh, Karina uh, Devaye. Don't let me mess up her last name. Yeah, Shors- about to Shorsky. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That doesn't sound Puerto Rican. I am so sorry. Um, but she wrote... Um, <laughs> she wrote <laughs> what, you were like, Rodriguez? No, no, no. The way I pronounced it doesn't sound Puerto... That's not what I meant. Rodriguez. I am so sorry, Karina. Um, but she wrote this amazing um, article in the New York Times just talking about how it's time for uh, us to let West Side Story and its stereotypes die. Mm-hmm. And um, I just found it really interesting just to to go back uh through all of the iterations of the show mm-hmm. um and she talks about how a lot of it isn't authentic like the dance in the show isn't authentic um and that a lot of the show's success is uh based on the people in the show being able to make that inauthentic inauthenticness mm-hmm. off, feel authentic and I just felt like that's something that we have to do also as black uh, artists and performers in these shows where we are per- performing in somebody else's idea of what being black is Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I just found that to be really interesting. I do um, that every night. Yeah, it, oh. it's, it's such a <laughs> It's such an interesting thing to have to to have to negotiate <laughs> Are you within conflicted? yourself. No, um, <laughs> it's the game. It's yeah. the game. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, unless you're doing work by a black playwright. Because child, the the dynamics I went through with this callback that you helped me with. Look, <laughs> it's hard because you don't know. I mean, it's it's something that like it, it sneaks up on you. Like mm. w- usually when I w- go on an audition, you know, I'm not like, Oh, I'm portraying someone else's idea of right. mm-hmm. blackness. But I mean, anytime a white writer writes lines for black people, that's what they're doing. Right. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because mm-hmm. writers are creatives and they're supposed to write diverse right. parts. And that's what we want. Right. Um, but it's up to the actor to make that idea something real and authentic and right. combine your experience with that. Mm-hmm. That can be hard if the writing isn't good. Mormon, right. I think that the writing is actually very good. Mm. Um, for, for, and for a musical, it, um, you know, you have to get the idea out there in a, uh, in the scenes, it's, it's a smaller amount of time that you have mm-hmm. in between the songs. Whereas in a play, you know, you're just chit chatting the whole show. So you have a different, anyway, right. um, it's a, it's a balance, but it's like, I mean, I could say the same for men, men write women all the time. This is, this men is don't true. know how it is to be a woman in the, in the least. It's right. just a guess. Right. And then they rely on the actor, the woman to bring her womanness into mm-hmm. the part and make it a reality. So, right. I mean, it's, it sucks when it's a stereotype sometimes, like when it's a trope 
that kind of sucks. But mm-hmm. that's our game. I mean, that's literally what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks, but that's it does. Well, we got to move on. Sorry. We gotta, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Um, I want to dive into it deeper, but you know, time. Um, time. We're going to go ahead and do the I said what I said. Mm. Yeah. It's time for I said what I said. Amen. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Do, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> he reminded me of Henry. That man walked out on me, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. When he left, I told myself, say, if you have to say hello before you can say goodbye, I ain't never got to worry about nobody saying goodbye to me no more. I ain't never going through one of them goodbyes again. He was standing upstairs in the hallway, told me, say, I'm leaving. I asked him, what for? After 12 years, why are you going to leave after all this time? After you done used me up, he say, it's something I got to do. Then he went on up there and gathered up his things, left a razor and a pair of shoes. They still up there. He got to the doorway and I told him, leave your pistol. Don't leave me here by myself. He ain't said nothing. Took out his pistol and handed it to me. And I told him, say, I ought to shoot you. We laughed. Then he kissed me goodbye. I ain't seen him since. I got that pistol upstairs now. What I'm trying to tell you is, don't let no man use you up and then talk about he got to go. Shoot him first. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Hey, the end that, was, that was good. Me. What? Is yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sure this ain't one of your plays? No. This ain't <laughs> it, it sounded like something August Wilson would write, but that last yeah. line the last line. It's, it's, I don't know what it is, but oh, I'm supposed to be that's timing, the most y'all. familiar thing. Well, how long y'all got? 30 seconds? A minute? We should get 60 mm-hmm. seconds, but. Oh, Henry. Oh, oh. So when was it starting it and go? Henry. I don't um, know. I don't know it. I want to say um, Blues for Alabama Sky. No, but it's in this. We you in the zip code. Okay. Okay. So okay. it's in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> or, or there's blues <laughs> in the play. <laughs> Paradise Blue. No. Or is it blue? No. No, y'all taking that that clue too literally. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, in the zip code, it's like in the world. The, the Blues people for Mr. In, Charlie. No. <laughs> <laughs> y'all got fifteen seconds. Blue man group. No. <laughs> Mel, when, when, when was it produced? Blue Valentine. <laughs> uh, it was produced in Blue Valentine. What? Nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a, a good Viola piece. 1996. I do. I just imagine her snotting and crying. Viola is a good. Is a good. Fences? No, I know seven it's not Fences, I know it's seven a, guitars. Seven guitars. Yeah. Oh, so I was right to say August Wilson. You were, but I. You I, didn't give me no. You just said it's blue. Told her it that August was way Wilson. too early. I had you could have been like you're in the bit. right month, and we would have been like. <laughs> 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 oh my god okay good, y'all seven guitars well, thank you for that York. Yeah. wait is that the one with Vera Vera in it it is and Floyd touched me here and, and he touched me here and, and he touched me, me he's not here he's there in Chicago that, in Chicago with, that's with, what I used to with Georgia Brown college. what's his name Georgia Brown and he touched me here listen and he touched me here I feel like every black girl did that monologue and he's was doing there. it way too young in Chicago <laughs> and with that voice Pearl Brown that was her name Pearl 
Pearl Brown in Chicago. I can't. Pearl there. Brown in Chicago. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? And he took me here. Listen, he took me here. And he placed me there. in and college when everybody was getting into slam poetry. And he took me <laughs> here. Oh, I used to do slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was, it was the monologue of choice. <laughs> oh, God. The slam poetry days. Uh, I was pretty good. When I first moved to New York, I did this thing for Vibe uh, Magazine. It was called uh, Verbal what? Stimulation. Vibe Magazine was still around when you, lived, when you moved here? Not Vibe Magazine. Vibe. Vibe. The Vibe website. Dixon? Vibe. Okay. Just Vibe. Oh, okay. And I did. It's called verbal stimulation, and um, it was like a competition. I won. Nice. Okay. Yeah. E. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a listener letter today, y'all, but it is so long oh. that I have to start it. Like, I'll give it to y'all for the next episode. Okay. <sighs> you keep doing this. I know, but like you keep doing this. Yesterday, I mean, I don't even be wanting to like really hear the letters on the podcast. But when you said that you had the letter, and then you were like, actually, no, I was like, damn it, Drew, why did you even bring it up? I wanted to hear the letter. Well, we just don't have the time to like Whatever. go get into it. So I'm gonna make y'all do it next week, and like, okay, yeah, like we'll okay. make sure we get to it. And also, why do y'all write so, such long letters? Because they have to let you know all the details so you can why? make an informed decision, mm. like give them an informed. But I think all the details. I was about to say we can synopsis? edit it down a little bit, but here we come, the, the new host, well, talking, I mean, trying making demands already. <laughs> well, I mean, in the, comments. These, the way the letter is written, like it's got some tea in there. Oh, like, okay. so all like right. the, the red parts of what you can't read on air. Oh, like, oh they color coded. Okay. I like yeah, this. Yeah. So okay, this one's right. a lot. Like, all right, but it's actually a, a message from somebody talking about the opera shenanigans from oh, oh okay all oh, right so yeah so it'll be okay. interesting so tune in next week that, yeah. that'll that be the, the teaser tune in next week tune in next week <laughs> for the opera drama right the opera off drama the black opera drama <laughs> but we thank y'all so much for tuning in to a brand new episode of Off Book it's been great we've hit our mark and we've done it right now I'm Drew Shade I'm Ramaj I'm Kim Exum I'm York Walker and we out of here y'all deuces bye put some money on Drew's books <laughs> 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 okay, Sandra. Bye. Bye. All right, we got a special segment for today. This is an interview with Katori Hall with myself, Ian Stewart, and Ari Groover. Check it out. All right, what's going on, everybody? We got a special segment here on Off Book, the Black Theater Podcast. We're sitting here with the amazing Katori Hall. <laughs> like, what? Got it, got it. Listen, no, like seriously, like it's Katori Hall, like Katori, right? It's the Hall, like the the Hall, and y'all, y'all, she smell like blackness. She smell like juices and berries. She smell like shea butter. I told her butter, skin glowing, Okay, love to see. We love to see it. We do love to see. Would you consider yourself an auntie at this point in time? Like, would you feel like? I mean. Come yes. on, like is that respect? Like, do you feel like that's a, a respectable? That. Yeah, because yeah, I, I feel like, that. like Absolutely. Auntie Katori is like, Katori. Auntie yeah, for yes. real, because like you have I been such a, a a mentor to young playwrights. You have been such an inspiration, um, and a an encouraging um, ear. Just yeah. like you, I mean, I think you you most of all you listen, yes, um, and I absolutely. think that you. Um, just have been like a rock in this industry, especially since I've been here yeah. mm-hmm. in the city. I've been here for maybe seven, eight years now. Yeah. And you have just been a grounded 
rock from the very first Aww. moment I met you. Actually, at our very first uh, event it? for Broadway Black, which is what? Intimate Apparel at the Signature Theater. Wow. It was a, it was oh, a reading yes, it was of a Intimate reading. Apparel. We went across yeah. the street and had dinner all yes. that night. And, and uh, Tanya Pinkett's brought me along with her. Mm-hmm. And we sat and I met your husband. And we sat with Dominic Mariso. Yeah. Um, mm. More so, I should say. I, I always do that. Um, <laughs> and we also sat with uh, uh, Joshua Henry, uh, Condola Rashad. Yeah. 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 I was like, yeah. Right before you got married. Probably. Yeah, like, was it 2011 20, or 2013? Yeah, I got married three times. That's a long story. Look. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I love it, though. I'm, I'm already, I'm ready like to hear about that story. I want to hear about okay, that story. Same person. Okay, let's, let's talk about that. I want to hear that story. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about we that. We just finished Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. Yes. Which we had an event at, at yes. the Hot Wing King. Yes, which I was so um, grateful for. Sorry I missed it, but I was but you was, my man. Yeah, because he was like, I shaved. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saying, listen, listen, listen. How how did you guys met long before you were a playwright or how did that happen? Well, no, it actually kind of happened all simultaneously. I was in Rwanda uh, doing research for my uh, Rondish trilogy of plays, I think. So Children of Killers came Mm -hmm. out of that. Our Lady of Cabejo came out of that, which ended up being produced at Signature in 2014. Mm -hmm. But this was 2009 and I just went there to um, just understand about the genocide and, and really... Um, just, I always feel like, you know, your writing can be more authentic if you just really go and touch the soil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I ended up going to Uganda because that was also part of the trip. Mm-hmm. You, we learned about, um, the wars that were going on during that, um, that had recently ended up kind of like ebbing down. And so, um, it was a very kind of dark and heavy trip. Mm. And then I remember I was, um, trying to change my ticket to go back to London to um, attend the West End opening of the mountaintop. And mm. I was in a hostel and the Wi-Fi was crazy. It, did, it was like going in and out, in and out. And so I was just like, God damn it, I can't change this ticket. And so um, <laughs> I remember a friend of mine, Dana, she she pointed to the TV and she was like, look at that guy on TV. He looks like he your speed. And I go, I look at the TV. And I'm like, that man's short. I ain't, whatever. <laughs> I go back to trying to change my ticket and I couldn't change my ticket. And so uh, what was so crazy was the next day, the first person that I was introduced to at the National Theater in Uganda was the guy from TV. Wow. No yes. Way. And in my head, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have his babies. <laughs> ah! Like from jump, I instantly was knew. Was he short? He short. <laughs> yeah. He short. It's cool. It's all right. It's cool. That's right. my baby. Yeah. Um, so. Ain't nothing wrong with a little sapling. Yeah. <laughs> he's not shorter than me. He's at least taller than me. Um, but yeah, from, it was like an instantaneous connection. Wow. And um, definitely. Shout out to that friend. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. She knew you. She knew you. She knew you. She knew Because we met, we met on the trip and it's uh, so wonderful. She actually. Ended up singing at our wedding, and oh. I, I ended up writing a part for her um, in my in my new TV show P Valley. So like, you know, it's just family. Yeah. We excited for that. Yeah, yes. we, we keep just, on growing. We just quoted, we just quoted uh, the play P Valley we, yeah. uh, last, last episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
and I got it right. I was like, I think uh-huh. I remember this. So we play a game that. called I Said What I Said, and we do monologues from different plays, and we have to guess the playwright and, and I the chose, play. And I she chose. chose. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it, was, and it was the Mercedes was, uh, yeah. the Mercedes monologue. This shit is motherfucking hard. Yes, yes. We do a little version of that on the show. A little version. I love it. So good. So back to this this love affair how did you guys end up getting to a marriage and what was going on in your career during this time yeah ooh chow how did we it was hard (laughs) I think were it not for Skype and Facebook Mm. I don't think our marriage would have been possible or maybe it would have because we definitely did have like a very deep connection and quick connection um but I remember, so that was 2009. I think in 2010, he ended up coming over for like a month. <laughs> and then he had to go back because, you know, these this visa situation. They, they, don't, be, they don't be trying to okay. let nobody in. Nope. They from right. Africa. Right. They like, hello, hello. Nope. They said, ooh, ooh, ooh. They, ooh. No, 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 we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't if do he that. ain't light, no, I don't no, know. No, we, don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. That's so, <laughs> we... I ended up kind of um, going back quite a few, and then I was still doing research on my on my plays. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, take it. I was like, research, research, research on your plays. Let me take advantage. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Public Theater, for this ten thousand dollars to do research. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go back and forth, and then I remember he he came in 2011, and we did a fiance visa. So in a weird way, we ended up having to um, we had 90 days to kind of decide. <laughs> wow, you had 90 day fiance. Whether or not we were gonna move on, and so you know, I always wow. say in a weird way, we had to get married in order to date because finally we were on the same oh, <laughs> right. Wow. Same time zone, right. you know, same, oh you know, physical gosh. space. And so that was our first marriage. And then, uh, so we went down to City Hall. And then the second marriage. So after marriage, those 90 days, you So after married. those 90 days, okay. we got married. And a, a part of me was like, yeah, this this is crazy, but this is this is what it's supposed to be. This is my life. This is my boo. This is my next chapter. Yeah. And so I think, like, Two years later, we ended up getting married two more times. Um, the first, the second time was because I wanted to change my last name. So it's hard to change your last. Yes. I had kept Hall, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to uh, change it to his last name, which is Tumusime. Um, right. And okay, one that we were thankful okay. for. And I, uh, it was funny because we had went. Um, uh, I think I had asked somebody like, "How do I, you know, change my name? Like, can I just, you know, change it? Like, do I have to? Like, <laughs> then they're like, no, you gotta, you gotta pay a thousand dollars. You gotta, you know, publish it in, uh. you know, all. But the easiest way to change your last name is to just get married again. That costs twenty five dollars. Oh wow! So I got married ah. the second time. <laughs> so we're gonna do this, and then the third time. We it was in front of you know hundreds of family members yeah. in Memphis um, next to the Mississippi River because wow. yes. we he proposed to me um, um, uh, what was it Lake Victoria which is um, part yes. of the Nile so we just right. were like water to water so oh. so that's why we got that's yeah. some old shoe vibes okay. some vibes yes, with, this, with the rivers yeah. that is beautiful does, does one marriage feel like more like that like that was like our marriage more than the other th- more the other two. 
um, this first and the third one okay. feel like our marriage. The, I mean, true. definitely the first one. We we only had two witnesses. We kept it super super small. Mm-hmm. Like um, one of my best friends, and then a a, a, a mentor, who, uh, someone who's become a mentor um, to Alan was there. It's actually Lynn Nottage's um, <coughs> father in law. <laughs> Random work. Um, Jerry, we love Jerry. <laughs> and so yeah, because that was the one where we were like, yeah, we're doing this, and you're you're moving to America and wow. you know giving up that you know I mean he we always called him like the Morris Chestnut of uh, Uganda <laughs> oh like he, I mean he was on wait a minute TV. that okay. visual wait a minute he okay, had okay. his life you know right. and um, just very grateful that he made this huge transition mm-hmm. and he his name is Alan Scoop he's a singer songwriter check mm-hmm. him out wow. on online you better yeah. shout out you your book I got, I got you better shout out your book so good. <laughs> so good. I love that. Come on, Black Love. Now, listen, I have to ask you because mm-hmm. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. South. Ari I'm from, from ATL. ATL. South, ATL. South. So, oh, so like, we are, so I, I want to I know from you mm-hmm. as a as a southern mm-hmm. woman. And, like, I mean, like, the true, the true. southern woman. <laughs> okay. Not none of these little north, southern little uh, Yes. No, no, no. I can't, I can't mm, shake tr- it. Uh, okay. Yes. I want to know sort of uh, what is the experience of being a southern woman mm. who writes plays that are taking place like you know in, in lots of different places mm-hmm. but specifically to be like that transplant experience right because I feel like I as a southern woman definitely navigate a lot of the energy and the space of sort of being like the one who left or the yeah. one who yes. made it mm-hmm. yet Absolutely. also yes. having a deep love for the south Absolutely. and like the lessons and the the river you know all the things you already know what I'm saying you mm-hmm. know we, I see what you yeah. connect so what is that experience for you specifically it's been uh, particularly just being uh, yeah that thing of not breaking free. I wouldn't say it's breaking free, but it is a kind of breaking free. Um because there's a there's there's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of kind yeah. of inherited um trauma, um a very traumatic um history that I think you're kind of burdened with when you grow up in the south, whether it's the kind of intersection <laughs> of of racism and sexism and classism, homophobia, all of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, right. um, yeah. You kind of like carry a lot of scars. <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. As you, and then you break forthright. But like, how can you not write about all of those collisions? Absolutely. Exactly. You, you have to kind of honor the war that um, is ongoing uh, within you and also within the, with, on that soil. Because it's, it's still like a mutation. I always say like the uh, Civil War yeah. has not ended yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, boom! You 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 flash forward in in your life and in your career and like you up north and you're trying to figure out you know what your voice is and I remember you know oftentimes I was always like kind of like the only one right yeah. the only black person or like or the only southerner and I went to you know this Ivy League institution Columbia University mm. and you know I could never and erase then yeah and I, <laughs> right? all these places right? and I could never <laughs> erase my southerness from my tongue and yeah. I don't and I never wanted to exactly. even though mm-hmm. you know I started out as an actor and so you know they be trying oh, to rip it, they rip it, it so out bad. they're like I'm like oh my god don't beat me one more time. It's like crazy. 
Oh, my God. And I could never um, become neutral. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I was threatened. Uh, You know, you're you're never going to get a job. Exactly. You know, you're always going to kind of, you know, be pulled from this pot. And then there weren't a lot of plays that were about Southern people. I mean, there are definitely there's some. I mean, I, you know, per but not plague. like just but living. N- but it's about us being Southern. Southern. About yeah, 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 yeah. It's about, often about like the racism or like the the the, the experience, not about, right. like what community looks like yes. in the South, yeah. right? Like kindness looks like in the yeah. South. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it was a kind of um, revolutionary act to just honor myself, honor my identity, my people, my mama, my daddy, right. and mm. not be ashamed about it because I felt. Having gone to these institutions, having gone through the acting school experience of like, you don't, don't be you, don't be you. Right. Mm-hmm, there's like mm-hmm. this kind of um, layer of shame that you end up caring for yes. a little bit. And so mm-hmm. I was just like, to hell with that. I ain't, I ain't carrying that shit. That's your shit. That's your shit. That, that, that ain't mine. <laughs> that ain't mine. And That's so your... let me honor myself. And so this thing of being um, proud to be Southern to the point where my ass is about to move to Atlanta. Hey, like, oh, come on, it's come like, on down. It's like, I, you know, reverse migration. I think about right? going back but, sometimes. But, but, but that is actually happening. There have been yeah. a couple articles about, mm-hmm. like, the fact that black folks and particularly black millennials mm-hmm. are, like, moving, moving. to Atlanta, yeah. Georgia absolutely. because it's, like, this become this mecca of blackness. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, and yes. being so committed to the South but still, like, being in this industry and in particularly like, the New York theater scene mm-hmm. where... Um, um, uh, particularly contemporary Southerness kind of comes with this expectation that people are going to be a certain kind of way. They, they right. don't, they don't, they stupid. Like I remember reading one of my um, reviews, um, I think it was a Hurt Village review. I don't know if it was like Ben Bradley. One of them, they were saying that I, I can't believe, you know, these people speak like this. Like they wouldn't be poetic oh, or they wouldn't oh, be. Ben. Yeah, or they wouldn't have the, um, I don't know, just the, the knowledge to be able to look at their own given circumstance right. and right. articulate it from a, a, a point of uh, view of intellect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and other black playwrights have, you know, dealt with that kind of critique of their work. We're like, do these people really talk like this? Do these yeah, people, yeah, yeah. would these mm-hmm, people say mm-hmm. these things? Mm. Um, and I just think that's a kind of regionalism where they think that Southern people just stupid anyway, and that's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you mix mm-hmm. it with mm-hmm. folks being black, mm-hmm. and then they poll, and it's just like, oh my God. It's a trifecta. It is. It's a yeah. trifecta. Yeah, right. And it's just like, no, I think those people know more about the world than they, others. Because yeah, and, and, they've experienced they, oh, they it have differently. Yeah, right. I I feel like I'm just like right third eye with you right now because I feel like how that that I talk about this a lot of like sort of the why is it that we like don't recognize that the fact that all of like the great like civil rights leaders, all of like mm-hmm. the, like these great black leaders who have like led monumental movements in the the fight for black liberation right. come from the south. They do come from like the deep <laughs> they south. Do. Like, and it's like, do you not realize like as Northerners that your like politics, your pr- procedures are based off of, of what's, happening what's happening in the, down south? In the south? Absolutely, like, to all this day? that progress is mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. comes from that soil. Like you can mm. you can see where America is, how far it's come, and how far it still has to go by looking at what's happening in the south. At exactly. All times. Hello. Exactly. Period. Yeah. So what happened with Hurt Village? Like, why didn't that go further than Signature <laughs> Theater? Like, give me the tea. It's interesting. Because so, I know everybody loved Yeah, like, so, why didn't it go to Broadway? Or, like, why didn't we see that beyond? Yeah. 
Um, Broadway, Broadway <laughs> tricky, but Hurt Village, I think because of what it's about, it's, you know, it's about this housing project. It's based off, on a real life housing project that was called Hurt Village in Memphis, Tennessee, about how it was raised. And I think the politics of that and, and the fact that I was treating like this community, this kind of found family um, as human beings and um, as that were worthy of a platform to talk mm-hmm. about their mm-hmm. dreams and, and the mistakes and the cracks and crevices they had fallen into, but yet um, were aspiring to, to, to do more for themselves, but being, but looking at the society and saying, oh my God, this society will never um, um, support these people in their dreams just because of, of the brownness of the right. poverty. Once again, this idea of like, you know, um, black Pope people inheriting um, a very traumatic history that mm-hmm. is very hard to dismantle and break away from. And I just mm-hmm. think that shit was just too heavy. I remember when we were doing, we were like in our mm, second week of previews, this guy came up to Patricia McGregor, who was the director of the piece. And he asked her, he was like, you you have to cut something. You have to, this is too much. This is like, we can't sit in this pain and in this sorrow for, for this mm-hmm. long. And I'm just like, you want li- this is somebody this is every day. day. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here for two and a half hours. Nope. You can't cut people's lives like you that. You can't yeah. cut people's lives like that. And mm-hmm. so I just think that the subject matter and the kind of unapologetic blackness Mm -hmm. that I was centering on stage where, you know, folks was cussing and just being, you know, honest about um, their feelings and, and, and speaking in a, in a dialect and a language that, um, you know, I would say some people would um, label as ignorant. ignorant. White people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That was probably another obstacle for, um, for it from moving that kept it from moving forward. And, you know, Broadway, like I was saying, it's tricky. Like, if you, especially at that time, because that was like 2012, because that actually premiered right after the mountaintop. And, like, unless you had a star, right? Unless you, you know, know, it just wasn't going to go anywhere. But I still think, um, because of the subject matter and because of the language specifically, it didn't do very well in the regionals. Like what I've noticed is that a lot of colleges do it, a lot of yeah. black colleges mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And quite frankly, that's fine by me because mm-hmm. I feel as though at least those institutions are um, – they have an audience that I think the play was written for yeah. and about because mm-hmm. um, I, I do think it's tricky when you do have – when you are writing so honestly and not really caring about white gays or black gays, when you have just an audience of white folks looking at it. It, it feels like the story isn't being heard or understood. Mm-hmm. And because this language was such an obstacle, it's like, well, you don't even understand what you're hearing. You may understand a little bit about what you see, but you may not understand, truly understand, because this kind of there's a kind of language barrier that's yeah. happening. Right. But I must say, there'd be a language barrier for me when I'd be going to them Irish plays. Hello, baby. Hello. And I'm like, what? what? I'd be like, what? What? I just want <laughs> the shepherd's pie. I just want the shepherd's pie. pie. I don't know what you're saying, but I just want shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie really good. I cannot. It's so good. I love shepherd's pie, though. But when we think about Hurt Village, Hurt Village had Tanya Pinkins, Corey Hawkins, Jakina Calacango, Nicholas Christopher, Ron Cephas Jones, Saquon Singblow. Oh, ATL in the house, baby. Charlie Hudson, Marsha Stephanie Blake, Clark, like... They're, all these y'all have all the past and it look what they doing now right, exactly like just everybody everybody <laughs> everybody's everybody. working everybody paid right? everybody you at least got half 
half of my yeah. old school, like high school, Tri City <laughs> alum. But her village, like in there. her village, was one of the pieces that really made me want to move to New York because I felt like mm. I was missing out right. on right. what was wow. happening with because I moved in October of 2012 and I said her village was like in February. February. Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because I remember so distinctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> March it on in. Okay. Here you go. So how convenient. Yes. That isn't related. Well, I mean, because <laughs> during, mean we have to think about, too, it was a different social climate in yes. 2012. Ooh, it, like, it was, social yeah. media, Instagram was just happening. Just happening. Yeah. Like, it was very different social, yeah. you know, socially. So yeah. um, I felt like I was missing out, so I had to get here. So we thank you for that thank piece. You. And thank right. you for gathering those thank amazing actors. and embracing it. Yeah, and, 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 and catapulting them to, you know, places where they are now that that your words help them showcase their talent. Right. Um, which placed it's, it them in a... It was an honor. Yeah. It was an honor to work Yeah, with and them. so now, doing Hot Wing King. Yes, Hot Wing King! Hot Wing King! Hot Wing King! Hot Wing should have spelled it with A's instead of I's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that would, but they, they get the message though when they come and see the show. I the how they came. The main mains. Okay. Um, main yeah. Challenge. Yes. Yeah. So how was, okay, so um, I know the origin of of the, this particular uh-huh. play, but if you won't, don't mind explaining oh, to sure, our audience. Sure. Um, so the Hot Wing King is based on my brother, hmm. um, who is a same gender loving black man. And it really has been an amazing experience for me because it's just like it's a love letter to him and his partner. Uh, you know, they're they're two black gay men living in the South and Memphis, mm. Tennessee specifically. And uh, I've just been a witness to their love <coughs> and a witness to their struggle and a witness to their own kind of found family. Like they mentor a lot of um, other men who are kind of coming into themselves. Mm. And so I just wanted to like put them on a stage. I feel like the American theater ha- needs to always be a mirror. And there's so many people missing in their own mirror. And I just wanted this, Ooh. this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Woo! I just wanted. That's a word. Like, own mirror. Wait a minute. Yes. Sorry. And I'm just like, I want, you know, gay black men. And, and, and I mean, it's, it, it's kind. It's inter. Um, it, there's an intersectionality to the to the piece, but you know it does focus on this kind of this the um, this relationship between these two men who are just trying to figure it out and trying to um you know um fall in love and and understand what love is and understand what it means to be in a relationship. You know, my brother. It's taken uh, him and Charles about. 12, they've been together for about 12 years and it, it's it's a long process. Learning how to love is a long, long process. I'm still mm-hmm. in the midst of that process and I love love, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who is in love. You're preaching. Um, but I just wanted to be able to put forth a piece of theater that showed black men in all of their glory and how they have the capacity to love and be tender and, and, and even despite brokenness and even despite... Um, um, you know, uh, the, the past, like we can always be in the present and learn how to love ourselves. It's about self-love. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships between lovers, father and son mm-hmm. um, and brothers, too. And, and your and your found brothers, like the, the found family members that you kind of find in your life. Like the play is about so much, but it is truly, truly um Definitely, it comes from a place of just being able to be a witness to what my brother uh, went through in his life. And I just wanted to pay homage to him. Gotcha. 
That's so That's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. Beautiful. And the, if you have not seen the play, the play is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. You guys open so officially. We open it. officially uh, on March the 1st. But okay. previews have been I'm going so, so They have been going really well. Been and so it's well. been an honor to be there. So uh, with this particular piece, what do you want people to walk away with? We, we talked about mm. um, you know them seeing the love. But what do you think the core message is? And what do you want them to like really feel and walk away with? I mean, I hate to steal Lynn, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm so bad. Lynn's quote. Uh, love is love is love. Yeah. That's oh, really that. what it is. Yeah. That that's the center of it all, that everyone is worthy of it. Kind of want to, I think one of my favorite quotes, um, lines from the play is like, all little black boys deserve love, even the ones trapped in the bodies of grown ass black men. Oh, that's that's what I'm talking about. Right that's what I was looking for right there. Like, that in the oh, that's what I was looking for. Oh, right. Yes. That right. Man, that that is the essence. Yeah, that is the essence oh, of that. Um, that we're so deserving. Because you know, so many times <laughs> the black male body and just black men in particular, and and black women too. It's you know the the. That theater is like a frame, right? It's a, it's a picture, and and oftentimes within that frame, um, we have been de- dehumanized, we have been denigrated, mm-hmm. and um, seen as unworthy of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just have a snapshots, pictures, stage pictures of people like men looking at each other tenderly, hugging, kissing, um, honoring each other. I'm like that's hopefully the way it, it, hopefully it is a political act and hopefully it's received as this kind of like quiet revolution um, and just a kind of you know a notice like like the men black men are capable of love yep mm. they are they are yeah yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh, these gems. Yeah. Baby, I know they just, I'm putting them in the baby. I'm putting it in my rap. I'm putting this everywhere. I'm loving this. Lord um, Jesus. I, I have a question for you mm-hmm. about your process as a writer. Oh, um, yes. Do you ever feel like a piece is done? And how do you know when it's done? I don't think you do. a piece is ever done. I think mm. it's abandoned. Mm. Oh, <laughs> how do you know when it's time to abandon? Um, How do I know when it's time to abandon? I must say, I abandon my stuff when it's published. I'm like, I, <laughs> I, that's like 28 drafts. Yeah. Right. You know, there's there's that first vomit draft and you're like, ooh, is this bad? Should I continue? Should I put this in a drawer? And then, you know, you go through your readings. Um, I often pull in actors very early in my process. Like, I'd really love to hear the language coming out of actors' mouths. So mm-hmm. I can be like, okay, this this feels like a human being. This feels gotcha. like um, a character that is, that is real flesh and, and, and bone. Um, and then I just have reading after reading – Sometimes I'm blessed enough to get a workshop production of it, but mm-hmm. I've kind of like you sometimes. know sometimes. But then the part sometimes. those workshop sometimes. productions, Tori Hall can get a workshop no, production, no, no. you know, but for real, like just to, <laughs> to get it up on its feet. But then I've kind of like you know stepped away from that because there's you know there's politics that yeah. you know get tricky. Um, once you start having workshop productions of stuff, um, mm-hmm. but then you know it's that rehearsal process. Like for in in Hot Wing King. I think we had two round tables and then we started rehearsal actually in December. We were supposed to only get three weeks of rehearsal. Um, and one of those weeks was twi- it was tech. So it was really a rehearsal, <laughs> right? Um, I ended up getting three days in December where we just did like this very intense table work. So all <clears throat> of the actors came in like knowing 
everything about their character because we spent hour after hour around that table. Just they pelted me with questions gotcha. and we, we really kind of defined what the relationships were going to be and, and how it should feel like. But of course, once you get up on your feet, things changed. Yeah. I was rewriting. I rewrote actually quite a, a, a bit over the course of um, the holiday break, just kind of making the relationship a little bit more deep. And yeah, because the, the ending I wrote was, I mean, I read was something different, I believe. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wrote, when, which, which draft did you get? This might have been in the summertime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It changed a lot. Yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> it changed. It changed. That, yeah, it was a big yeah, change. Actually, that's what I'm saying. Like a big change. So what? What caused that? Like to for me, it's a thing of stepping back from your play and realizing how do you want the audience to feel at the end. And I know I want the audience to be rooting for everybody, mm. that this was mm. a beginning for every mm. character. Yeah. Okay. And so I think it's the TJ EJ thing yeah. that changed the most, the father-son ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think in the previous draft, TJ just left. Mm-hmm. And he did not. You, well, I don't want to say the end. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so to have him in that room, yeah, totally, totally different. Because I want the audience the to feel, and I also want it to make it harder for him. Mm. Oh wow, mm. harder for that character because that's what drama is about. Exactly, yeah. like yeah. heightened conflict and, yeah. and making seeing people make really hard decisions as they fall in, inside themselves. As they fall inside, they right. yeah, yeah. They, they'll question. get that. Oh, yeah, they will get it when they see. <laughs> I actually have a question too, especially about your writing process now. And we all because we love P Valley. I love P Valley. <laughs> And people don't understand, like, they, the, don't, under, they don't understand they the strip ready. club culture. They it's a ready. big culture down is, south. Yeah. And to, mm-hmm. to come from that play, and now P Valley is coming yeah. to, to television. The TV show. Woo, which yeah. is crazy. I mean, shout outs to that. Surprise. What, what, I guess, is there a different process of having a play work for television and the rules mm. that people don't necessarily understand until they actually write for a, a network or a television mm. show? How does that work and how are you able to keep some of your stuff that is like, these are my gems. It has mm-hmm. to be in there and do it while making people happy because you're also dealing with. You're dealing a lot say, of different. There's, there's a lot of dicks to suck. That's what yes. I always say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> y'all gotta bring the hot sauce if y'all want me to get through this. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, this is officially the Katori Hall. This is the Katori Hall. It's, um, man, I must say, I kind of lucked out with, I still call it Pussy Valley, even though it's, I, I had to switch it to P Valley. Because uh-huh. right. Comcast, they were like, oh, we ain't going to put it on in, on our thing if you it's got a USSY on it. Oh, <laughs> now, y'all know. Anyway, they be the first ones there. They be the right. first ones there. <laughs> the first ones there with their bills. <laughs> but Pussy Valley. It's it, just the process. Like, how was I able to kind of like just keep my integrity mm-hmm. in a way? Um, I kind of lucked out in that stars were, they were so kind of like, girl, we don't know what you're doing. <laughs> we don't know what this is. But we want it. But, but we, want we want it. it. <laughs> so you just go off in the corner and you do that. that like, don't ooh, tell us. Just don't go tell do us. It. Just go just, do it. Just turn it, just turn in the drafts. I looked at how the really fabulous. <laughs> Baby, that's, I mean, 
Because they, they, they were so black. It was like, I mean, it's, it's black. black. It's black. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because like, do we even have, do we watch stars? Like, I mean, y'all power. better watch stars on June 7th. <laughs> Y'all better watch stars, okay? Because y'all was Listen. doing that with power, and y'all better do this with Pete Dallas. Period. Do it period. Well, we about to go in on this oh, because, we about to, yeah. Period. Like, you have to. They yeah, just, yeah. they were like, just, girl, just do you. And my my executive, Marta Fernandez, um, so wonderful. She, she's no longer at the uh, network, but she was just, she was like, sometimes she was like, I don't even know what these people are saying. But, <laughs> but I can tell that it's, it's, like, it's real. It's real. It's fire. Right, right. Whatever's happening is fire. It's fire, you know. So I was, I, I was in this position. That is so white. Yeah. I don't know what it is. hilarious. But and, it's real. And so I was put in this position where I had to do a proof of concept. Like most people do a pilot, but they were mm-hmm. like, just right. give us 10 minutes. Just give us 10 minutes. Oh, Okay. So I ended up working with this really amazing director, Karina Evans, who's done a lot of Drake's videos. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I'm gonna say she did SZA, yeah. videos. Yeah, and um, I like her visual. Amazing visual aesthetic. Amazing visual aesthetic. And so we did this proof of concept. We we shot in a real strip club called Rumors down. But in didn't Atlanta. she come off of like Instagram say, or something? <laughs> like, didn't she like 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 didn't she get the video job for Drake? And the other job she got being just like a random. I'm not sure. Okay, she, I she, think she has like an interesting she, like her, story yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but think she she was um, director X's mentee. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so makes she's sense. She's been okay. doing music videos and stuff. Okay, um, of course y'all be at rumors. <laughs> yes, but yes, yes, rumors. <laughs> of course so y'all be there. Because it, it, it had the right amount of grit. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And, okay. You and can. the casting process was crazy because you had to cast women who could do the the pole work. Right. Yeah. Um, but we ended up kind of like splitting the difference where we had actresses who did train to do um, the very kind of intricate pole tricks, but always had like, like a, real. A, a double. Um, and, the, you know, our editors are so amazing and it is, it's seamless. You just you can't even tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, during that proof of concept, you know, I could tell they were like, we don't know if we gonna move forward with this project just because we just we don't these people talking crazy and we don't we don't understand it. But once we kinda like showed it to them, they were like, Oh, we get it now. Yeah. Right. We mm. get it now. The, it's about humanizing strippers. Right. Oh my gosh, who This is brilliant. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, they're oh. people. And so um I, like I said, I continued to look out where they were like, okay, go forth. And they, I end up getting a writer's room, but I end up having three writer's rooms. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just because um, it was just a long process to figure out how to translate this play that was, you know, uh, meant to be in, kind of performed in front of people and figure out all these kind of different story ten, uh, tendrils and, and, and kind of adding new characters right. and redefining characters. I would say um, the show is probably 15% of what the play was. Hmm. Gotcha. In wow. terms of story. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. The gotcha. characters gotcha. Are, are the same, but we just had to kind of like crack it open and, and break it open. And, and that's why it, it took so long, but it was worth it. And I think anything that is new and, and, and sharp and and revolutionary is going to take some time Absolutely. to figure out. Absolutely. So, um, but even though 
I would say it's 15% of, of the play in terms of story, in terms of the essence. Right. Um, the tone, that Katori Hall tone okay. <laughs> that kind of flips between like, right. you know, tragedy and comedy. Um, it's very much interwoven throughout the entire show. So oh, and I can you. imagine what that is going mm. to be. June 7th. Like. Yeah. June 7th. June 7th, y'all. That's stars. Okay. stars. Y'all awesome. better go ahead and get the star channel now. I want to ask you to. Oh, go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I wanted, so I wanted to ask you. You have a career that could be described as illustrious, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Um, I'm wondering, what does success look like for you? Oh, good question. Not how, Interesting. like, because I mean, I because like, I feel like we talk to like all these people who like who have had illustrious careers, uh-huh. and yet they'll always. It's like the things that you would never expect are the things that they personally think of as their personal triumphs. It's not like usually the big stuff. Sometimes it is, but I'm wondering what does success look like for you? When do you feel you're most successful? It's interesting. I think because I've had, I would say most writers, not most, uh, some writers define success by, oh, the critics like this, or this is making a lot of money. Um, And early on I had like, I had a very interesting experience with the mountaintop where you know <coughs> I won this Olivier and mm. I was the first black woman to win this Olivier mm-hmm. and then I remember after um I got the the trophy and everyone was looking at me like they wanted to beat me up mm. mm-hmm. wow yeah they 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 didn't want me to win because mm. that was the year that um I think it was Jerusalem Oh, Just wow. oh Jerusalem wow. was up. Okay. And and I was like over there by myself in London. I didn't like have a date. And um it, it was this very weird, prickly experience. And I remember the next day or the, the second day I was there, um, Charles Spencer, one of the the big critics over there, wrote um this op ed or whatever, and he said I didn't deserve the award. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> so Jesus. that really made me at first I was like y'all done had this award I didn't beg for this award I didn't ask for this award y'all gave it to me y'all gave it to me y'all care about nothing for this you know what what Um, I had that moment but then I was like you know this is a good thing to have happened to you because you've never wanted anyone's validation the only thing you've ever wanted was the space and the opportunity to tell the stories that you wanted to tell and yeah. that you deserve to be telling. And so I was I was very glad that that happened because that in that moment I never cared about the trophy. I never cared about a good review. I I, I couldn't because if I did, I would have stopped writing a long time ago mm. because I had people writing saying I didn't even deserve the awards that they had Jeez. given me. Wow. So it it kind of totally changed my approach to um you know, why I'm doing this. And I think if you can answer your why of why you're doing anything, um, that's the only fuel you need. And my why has nothing to do with any validation. It's always about, you know, does my mother see herself? Does my Mm. brother see himself? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, My friends, does everybody, do black folks see themselves when they see my work and that's all I care about. Right. So t- to me, that's success. I think I'm moving to a place where um, I may be able to do absolutely anything I want. Like if I want to put something on Broadway, I can do it because I've 
garnered enough skills where I'm like, I can co-produce now. Like I'm one of the co-producers Maybe. from Tina. Yes. And we need more black producers. Yeah, we need please. more black producers. More. Like learning that stuff, just learning how to put together a TV show, learning how to run it. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, over the past four or five years, I've turned into like Superwoman, right. where I've, all these amazing skills I've, I've cultivated and hopefully I'll be able to use all of this stuff that I've learned to start bringing up other people because there's so many amazing new writers like mm-hmm. I'm thinking like C.A. Johnson sure. Alicia Harris like just just, mm-hmm. just yeah. beautiful beautiful writers who I would love to um, get in the room with and, and figure out how to support them um, in their writing in getting their work out like coming on as a producer and thinking about different ways to produce mm-hmm. I think the Broadway model needs to be dismantled because I think it still is shutting um, folks of color out and, and women thank you and so Sorry. it's just like how do we applause for that. how can we kind of always say how can we pull the page from the Tyler Perry uh, playbook and then you know um, just take ownership particularly on the producing side mm-hmm. and I think there's a, a way to do it and it'll be um, it, it probably will ruffle feathers because it may be something that doesn't involve Broadway. Right, right. And, and right. unions and what, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But right. I, I think there's something that needs to be figured out so that we can kind of like bust this model open a yes. little bit yeah. and bring more people to the table. Agreed. So that, that's, that was what my question was leading to anyway, mm. was about the business. And if you had any advice Ooh. for, you know, young playwrights or young actors in the business. I mean, when we talk a lot about the creative part, yep. but how do you navigate is there any advice that you would give someone to navigate the business aspect of their career? Right. To to learn about the business, because I think a lot of writers, they don't look at their contracts. They don't see how things are structured. They don't think to question mm. certain things that are kind of, you know, seen as standard. Mm-hmm. Um, things like subsidiary rights from um, that theaters often get if they produced your play. They're like, oh, they get subsidiary rights for the next, you know, 30 years. It's like, you know, no, you can question those things. <laughs> right. Like audiovisual rights. Like just figuring out um, all the ins and outs of of contracts and and, and really question everything, um, but of course you know I I think more playwrights need to figure out a way to start producing their own work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a thing of ownership um, and and also just um, it just it it gives you so much strength and it it, and it gives you so much perspective when. Um, you, you know why the cuts are the way they are. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that you can't really make a living off of playwriting. Like you always have to kind of supplement it, your, your career in different ways. And I, and I feel like if more people knew that they could produce, that's an, that's an extra, you know, stream right. of income. Um, um, figuring out how to invest, figuring out how to connect with people who got money. Cause it's a black out there who got money yep. and want to spend it and want to support um but we just have to kind of figure out collectives and bridges so that we can con- can connect those people who do get deep pockets with these up and coming um so we'll writers. be having a meeting this week we should it. have okay. a meeting I, mean, I, mean, I want to go to the Katori Hall School of Life <laughs> I do so I'm right, like, you know whatever I mean? you are ready to open up the, the workshops like, School whatever, of Life and the whatever, like, whatever school. like little YouTube thing I gotta pay for like, <laughs> okay well, what are we doing yeah. I just yeah. ready because there's still a lot of stuff that I'm learning on on that side of the table it's and it's a strange side of the table to, to yeah. be on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I just think that we have to uh, demand 
that. Yeah. Uh, especially if they're producing our work, like I need to know what's like going what on. the what's raps are. Right. right. I need to know what this adjusted gross really mean. Right. You know what right. I mean? Okay. <laughs> Hello, baby. Amen to that. It's real. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. You have been thank just you. a, oh my a well yes. full of information and Aww. light and love and joy. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. Ple- yes, well, it is a pleasure. It is our honor. And so we thank you so much. It's been a wonderful new little section to this yes. week's Yes. Oh, I love it. Off book. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, well, we thank y'all so much for tuning in. This is Drew Shade. This is Ari Grooves. Ian Field Stewart. And Katori Hall. And we out, y'all. Go see Hot Wing King. Hot Wing King. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.